Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of my podcast, I Stand Strong. I am Teddy, coming at you from the from my bear cave in the beautiful concrete jungle of the Northwest. And, um, okay, so today my topic is going to be another thing that's near and dear to me, although it's something that doesn't really exist much anymore, if at all. Um, but in, if... You remember in my first episode, I referred to talking about how much I really loved the the movie store. You know, I'd go there and I'd check out movies and um, just browse. Like I loved to just browse the the sections. Well, I thought it'd be an interesting conversation to have, you know, for myself, but also you know anybody who listens about you know how much of a cultural loss I feel it is to not have that video store anymore. Um, so like I said, you know, I I grew up going to the video store, you know, every weekend. If not the video store, it was a, a local theater around here. Um, but, you know, I mean, as long as I can remember, there was video stores. Like I had a sister who worked at a little, you know, mom and pops one that was awesome. And I, I lost track of how many copies of uh, the movie Monster Squad. I probably just thrashed of theirs because I've wa- I watched it back to back to back or um you know got a bunch of movies I watched but uh I think it was really like when I really started getting deep deep into it was probably about the time Hollywood video was was kind of the big thing cuz the mom and pops were kind of going by the wayside they couldn't compete with the blockbusters and the Hollywood videos but um, yeah, so I mean, I like, I remember just, I always loved it. I mean, you go in there and, you know, you just had to have a rough idea of what you were looking for and, you know, browse the, like I said, browse the shelves for, for long periods of time with me sometimes long enough that I'd get a, I'd get kind of uh, I'd infuriate my mom a little bit from how long I stared at the shelves. But, um. So yeah, that that's gonna be my topic for the day. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'll I'll just start by you know kind of just rambling on here. Uh, so yeah, I you know I've I've had a very deep history with it, and I really miss the fact that they're not around anymore. Um, for the fact of you know I mean like Redbox, yeah, you can rent a movie from Redbox, but it's not the same. I mean you don't get to physically go in and look at this, you know, look at the back of the box and kind of get a, a better estimate of what or better idea of what you're, you know, what you're looking at. Um, I mean, you know, everything from the going in and, you know, you, you go to the new release wall and see, you know, cause let's face it, that's a great place to start when you went into one. Cause you'd, you'd want to see what just came out and of the movies that just came out, what actually is on the, the shelf. And I mean, like it was just, it was this great thing. And I mean, yeah, a lot of video stores had different, different ways of laying them out. I mean, like some of them you'd have the box sitting there and you just, they'd have like a box for every copy they had and you just bring the box up to the counter and they'd give you the movie from there. Or, you know, I mean, yeah, later on it was more of just the box that you were grabbing was the movie you were renting. You know, there was no, you know movie behind the counter it was literally the you know just a a locked box that they'd have to pop loose for you or whatnot um and it also is a big thing you know like i mean 
there's also, you know, like, I, I guess another big part of it to me was, you know, I had friends and family that worked at video stores. So there was kind of this, this feeling to them. And, you know, maybe that colors my judgment a little bit, but, you know, back to my, back to my rambling about the video stores themselves, you know, you, I just, you know, I have such nostalgia for going in and like I said, I'd go to the new release wall, see what they had. Um, nine times out of 10, I'd see something I didn't even know existed. And I'd, you know, take a look at the back of it. And if it wasn't in, I just, you know, make a mental note that, Hey, this is one I want to look for later on. Um, but majority of my time was probably spent in the horror sci-fi section. Cause that was, that was my jam. And, you know, after I'd go through horror sci-fi, I remember going to usually like action. Cause you could usually find some good, you know, some good eighties action flicks or, you know, something along those lines where you had the good one liners and the, you know, excessive violence for <laughs> no reason. And, you know, a lot of one man army, uh, movies which you know let's face it like commando is a guilty pleasure you know arnold schwarzenegger single-handedly taking out an island of was it a, a a military of some small government all by himself um but yeah so you know the action section you know and I just, there's there's like that was where i got introduced to ufc the most was you know i'd, I'd heard of ufc in passing I mean, it was very much a taboo thing for a long time there because, I mean, it was pretty brutal to watch at the beginning. But, um, yeah, I remember I'd go in there and I think it was like I was in, just happened to be strolling the, the aisles one day and I went into the sports section, which for the most part I remember being like exercise videos and like, uh, like the sports documentaries or highlight tapes. And I remember seeing both that and WWE tapes. And way less with WWE tapes than the UFC ones. Because I remember you could you could check out, like, I think they had, like, UFC 1 all the way through, like, maybe, like, the last Ultimate Ultimate they did. And, you know, I remember burning through, I think I started with 4 because I remember the first 3. I've seen the first 3, but I think I saw them later because the first 3 were a lot more of a, a, a slog to get through. But I remember burning through, you know, four through the ultimate ultimate and just, you know, loving it. And like, that was, that was a passion I found just on a whim one day or, you know, being able to check out a TV show. I mean, sure. It was a little harder to do with that because, you know, you'd have to hope that each, each disc or VHS tape when I first started would actually be there. Um, so yeah, I mean it's you know it, it's just there's there's this feel to a, a a video store and an appeal to a video store that is is now lost and you know I I kind of I'm sad for kids these days that they don't have that you know I had this you know it's almost like a a refuge for me you know to to get you know get out of school on Friday and, you know, go to my mom. Hey, can we go to the video store? And then we'd go or, you know, we'd go and I'd, I'd you know, I'd, like I said, I'd browse the, sh the shelves for a long time. And then I'd come, come home and usually do an all night movie session. You know, originally it was in the front room. So I'd have to watch when my parents weren't there, weren't, weren't around. Cause I usually watch stuff they didn't want to watch. 
Um, and later, you know, when I actually started getting a TV and VCR slash D, you know, and then later DVD in my room, um, I'd do the, the, the marathons in there. Um, and wouldn't be, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if that was the reason my mom did get me my own TV and VCR. So they didn't, I didn't have to take up their, you know, their television to watch my horror movies or action flicks they didn't want to watch. But then sometimes, you know, there'd be that, that rare occasion that my parents would rent something that actually intrigued me. So I'd sit down there and, you know, sit down and watch, watch with them. Like I remember having lots of great experiences sitting there and watching, you know, Steven Seagal flicks with my mom. In fact, that was the first time I ever heard her say the word fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, it was in that cracked the hell out of me because, you know, my mom never swore. And then especially the F word. And then, you know, we're, we're watching under siege two and he throws the, the beeper bomb at somebody and it says, you're fucked. And my mom reads it out loud and it stopped the room dead with how shocked everyone was. And of course she's tried, starts to defend herself like, Oh, I was just reading it. I was just reading it. But that was, that was a classic moment. And without a video store that my mom would have checked that movie out from that would have never happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, like, there's a, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like, I, I don't know how to describe in words the cult, the way I feel it's a cultural loss. I mean, you know, but then with, with video stores, you also lost the ability to rent a video game. I mean, that was, that was key. I mean, especially back in the day, now you buy a video game and you don't know what you're getting until you fire that bad boy up. Um, but it used to be, you know, you'd go to the store and, you know, you'd have the the separate section just for move, for video games. And you could sit down and, you know, play a game and find out, okay, this is a trap, you know, this is a dumpster fire. I'm glad I didn't pay my, you know, 40 bucks back in the day, but now it's, you know, up to 60 or 70. I mean, and I, I think that's kind of what's killed some of the gaming industry. I mean, you have so many games now that come out unfinished. And I kind of wonder if that would be such a thing if video stores still existed if you could still rent a game before you bought it they weren't guaranteed to get their money on that game then you know at least you know with with a video store and i'd go and sit down i'd check out the game i'd play it and if i loved it enough i wouldn't check it out again i'd go i'd go buy the game um and i mean so yeah i mean there like there's so many facets to what has been lost with the video store um, in my opinion, you know, this is, you know, once again, this is all my opinion. And I know that that doesn't necessarily translate well to everybody. And I, I, I really hope you guys will valid, you know, validate my opinion or accept this as my opinion. Um, but then, you know, I'll get into, you know, I'll talk about the, let's talk about like the, the atmosphere when you walked in a video store i mean there was a certain smell to a video store and it's really weird to say it but it's like that smell of the you know the the boxes and the like the cassette tape slash dvds you know like there's just this smell about a video store that was always like i don't know it's it's kind of a a guilty pleasure smell to me i mean it's right up there with gasoline you know you smell it and it's kind of like that's 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 a comforting smell don't know why that is, but, um, and then, like I said, since I had so many friends and family that worked at video stores, I became really friendly with a lot of the other people that worked at the video stores, 
even when I didn't fit, you know, even later when like, you know, my sister who was at Hollywood video for a long period of time and my best friend, Tony, they both moved to different stores and I still kept going to the same store. You know, I still, I still had a lot of, I still made a lot of friends in those stores out of the people that worked there to the point that it's like, you know, I'd come in, they'd know me by name. If there was a movie they knew I was looking for, they'd usually tell me it was in or it wasn't in. Um, you know, yeah, there's, there's that. Then there's, you know, like if, if I knew there was something like that, I liked, usually they have good suggestions for me. Maybe they turn me onto something that I didn't, you know, I didn't even know happened, you know, came out. Um, so the, you know, there, there's that aspect of it. You know, you don't have, you know, you, you're not getting that the same social, um, you know, social feeling from it. Um, kind of, you know, kind of everything feels so sterile, like compared to that situation to me. I mean, you know, it's like you don't really go into many places where there's people, everybody who remembers your name. And knows exactly what, you know, like you want. I, mean, I think the only thing I really find that in anymore is when I go to my local coffee shop. I mean, I step, I pull up to the window on that. And usually if they see my car ahead of time, they'll, you know, they have a, we have a signal that says, hey, just make me mine or make me mine plus someone else's. Um, even if they don't get the signal, the second they see me pull up, they know what I want. But you don't have that. You know, like I had that with video stores back in the day and that was, you know, and maybe this is just me being the, the quiet person I was that if, you know, if I didn't have any friends that were like, all my friends were out doing something else, you know, that was my, that was my fallback. I always knew I had the video store to go to and that was my, my haven you know, and sometimes I'd even go into the video store when I wasn't even planning on renting anything. I'd just go to, you know, maybe talk to some of the people that I knew or, you know, you know, get in there and, uh, you know, even if I ended up just buying like a soda or, or soda or some candy or, you know, popcorn bucket or something along those lines. I mean, it was just, there was this great thing there. Um, in fact, I remember uh, for a little while there, there was a Hollywood video that actually had a pog shop in it when I was in like seventh grade and I never got really into pogs, but I remember going into that one and looking at the pog shop. And that was, that's kind of a weird thing though, in hindsight, you know, like a video store and in the back of it, you have this almost collectible store that had, you know, mostly pogs, but I want to say they also had like some like trading cards and whatnot, which, you know, for a long time I was, I was big into like, I, I was always looking for more Michael Jordan cards or any of the bulls that I really liked. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, there's, there was this social aspect that, that I really feel was there that, you know, that isn't, you know, doesn't exist anymore. Um, let me look at my notes here. Uh, well, God, I'm kind of early for this, but eh, we'll get into it. Um, I feel like, you know, like really where you, you start having the, the problems for them was, you know, the arrival of Netflix, you know, which, you know, 
for anybody who doesn't know, when it first started, was a, a mail service. And I remember hearing the rumblings about it, you know, and, you know, oh, yeah, you can sign up and try to get movies sent to you in the mail so you don't have to go to the video store anymore. Which, to me, I remember thinking that kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? I mean, you like, to me, the video store was a was an event it was some it was the a place to be so taking that out of it kind of hurt it but i remember you know i remember it was probably early in my marriage we we signed up for netflix and i remember we'd get you know like what three movies you have like two movies at a time or something like that and you know no limit to how many you could rent in a month but I remember it was it was harder to get the new releases through Netflix than it was just to go to the video store. So what was the point in paying that money for this service? And you you could just drive down the street half the time and find that new release you were looking for at the video store. And it was less money than it cost to sign up for Netflix. I mean, given Netflix wasn't too expensive early on, but then, you know, you you get into, you know, that started putting some pressure on video stores to the point, like, I think that's what started the fall for, like, the mom-and-pop stores um, to the point that, you know, they they couldn't compete anymore. I mean, it cost a lot to... I've watched a couple of documentaries, and it talks about how much it costs to just get the videos that you could afford to rent out and how that was, you know, that was brutal on any anybody who owned a store but wasn't one of the big corporations... Um, sorry, I had to get a drink of coffee there. Um, yeah, but then, you know, you get in, you know, it, it started, you know, so, so Netflix went along decently and I remember being okay with it, but not thinking it was real great for a while there. And then the, you know, the real shocker came, you know, the, the introduction of, well, yeah, Netflix, you can get these things mailed to you. They'd also put a limited amount on the the Netflix site that if you'd log in with your Netflix account, you could watch some movies, you know, straight off their site, like stream them off their site. And I remember thinking, well, that's kind of cool. Um, but it was like, a, I remember it was a really limited amount of movies that they put on there. For the most part, there weren't a whole lot of movies that they put to the streaming side of it back in the day. Um... And that, you know, that put another piece of strain. Like, okay, now more people are going to Netflix because you got the the aspect of, one, you don't have to go anywhere to get the physical movie, and now you can watch some movies, mostly older movies given, but you could watch some movies on the, like, just straight off the website. And as cool as it was to be able to just sit at my computer, which now seems really, really ridiculous. I mean, now that, now with where we're at now, with everything streaming, but, uh, you know, I, I, I remember thinking that was cool, but it still, it, it still hurt a little bit to think, okay, this is, this is going to hurt that, that institution on the corners, corner of downtown somewhere, you know, that's, that's really kind of trying to supply to me a, a friendly environment and, a uh, an experience, and, you know, as it, as it goes, you know, it just, it just kept growing. And, you know, of course, Netflix eventually, you know, not too long after they started putting stuff, 
you know, on their website, you know, next thing you know, they've got everything on there. They've stopped doing the mail service. You know, you could sign up for the, just for the streaming side of it, and you didn't have to do the mail side of it. And if I remember right, it was like cheaper to do that. So I think that's why me and Michelle, when we started, we went to that. And then, you know, so then, you know, then now it's, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the foot in the door to become what Netflix is now. And I remember, you know, you, you, when this, that started happening, you started seeing the video stores really grasping at straws in my eyes to try to keep up, you know, you had the, you know, you pay a a flat rate for your membership at the store and you could get like, I can't remember how many movies it was at a time, but you could have them all month long. As long as it was returned by the end of the month, you were allowed to have that movie. And, you know, you were, I think they gave you like first chance at some of the, the bigger movies. And while that was an interesting idea, I think that kind of hurt it. Cause I remember then all of a sudden that was like, those deals were what really to me started hurting the, the atmosphere of the, of the movie store. Um, cause it, you started going in there and you'd be checking out and they'd ask you if you wanted to sign up for that membership. And it's like, you know, no, I don't, I don't want that membership. I want to just come in and check out my movies and, I may have watched these movies, you know, checked out these movies a hundred times over already, but I want to check them out again and come back and, you know, I'll, I'll have them back in the three to five days or whatever it was. I mean, it's been so long. I can't even remember the, the checkout periods. I'm, I'm sure my, my buddy Tony will be listening to this and yelling at me, yelling into his thing, how long the, uh, the rental times were, but that's beside the point. Um, so you know, and then I, I, you know, so I remember that and I remember Blockbuster started doing like a somewhat of a streaming service on their site to try to keep up. And I don't think that went well. I know at one point in time, Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix and they passed it up and I bet they regret that one now. I mean, what, they've got one store left in my area and it's nowhere even near me. Um... I mean, I've, I've thought about trying to figure out where it is and driving down to it just to just to see it in person kind of thing. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but I think it'd be kind of cool to walk into a ready, video rental store again. Um, but then, you know, you know, I also remember, um, I don't know if it was really a, a, a grab to try to stay, stay relevant or not, but I remember um, Hollywood Video eventually got game crazy next to him. And that was awesome, too, because then, you know, you knew if you went and rented a game, you liked the game, they had the game store right next door. And that opened up a whole nether, you know, nether avenue for me to spend time, you know, to not really spend time, but to make new friends and find that that camaraderie. I mean, I remember I'd go into that video store and, you know, the first one I really remember being really close with was, you know, this guy, Dave, and he was just. He was always so cool to me, you know, maybe it was because he was afraid of my sister. Um, I, I think he's, I think he stated that on his podcast he had a while ago, but, um, you know, but it also was just like, you know, he was, he was this nice guy. And, you know, if, if there was a game I really wanted to check out, but they weren't allowed to put it in the, in the system, in the store, you know, I think there were a couple times he let me, 
he let me buy a game and he told me, hey, if you know, if in 24 hours you really don't like this game, if you bring it back, I'll I'll give you your money back, kind of thing. You know, he he'd refund it for me and just I think he basically probably would just put it in as like a defective game or something. Um, or hell, for all I know, he just rewrapped it and put it back on the shelf. Um, and I remember one time that actually happened because I, I think I rented or I bought a the first. I want to say it was the first backyard wrestling game because I was always a, a junkie for the wrestling games, and that game was just appalling. Man, it was bad. Uh, so yeah, I brought it back the next day, and I told him he's like, "Yeah, I kind of figured this is what would happen," but you know, then you know, you you get into along the lines of the the, the game crazies. I also remember they used to do tournaments in Game Crazy. Like I remember I competed in. Uh, Soul Caliber might have been three, two. I can't remember whichever one was out on the Dreamcast. I'd have to do my research on that one. But I remember I competed in that tournament, and I mean, I got my butt whooped in the second round. But it was so much fun. I mean, I think if you for competing, you got like a game crazy T-shirt or something like that. But if you won, you got like so much credit to spend in the store, and that was. That was a community thing. I mean, that and you, you go in there and you could talk to, you know, I could talk to Dave or later there was Gabe and um really good guy that I used to talk to all the time named Benty. And I, I, you know, I'd go in there and just have conversations for hours about everything with him because um, we shared so many, so many things in common. I mean, we'd, we'd talk about games. We'd talk about comics because he also kept up with comics and you know, that was, that was a thing. And I mean, it, it, on top of the fact that it was, it was another avenue to get the games without going to your big box stores or, you know, you had GameStop still, but let's face it, GameStop or back in the day, it was, uh, you had electronics boutique and software, etc., which were both owned by the company that is now GameStop. Um, yeah, so you had like GameStop, but GameStop always was always kind of the the one that would would uh, rip you off the most. Like you were never getting you, you'd always get better game return prices. Like if you traded in a game, it was always a better price from Game Crazy in my eyes. Um, I, I think there's rarely that I saw GameStop really give you you know a, a decent you know or a comparative one. I should say I wouldn't even say decent because even Game Crazy. I think they gave you way less than they probably should have, unless it was like a brand new game that they had on their list of like, hey, you know, this game's this game just came out, so if you trade it back in, you know, you can get, you know, like X extra amount of dollars or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, having that off the side of the game, the the video store, that's a, another thing. I mean, maybe this is just going to devolve into like the brick and mortar stores that don't exist anymore that I really feel are are a loss because I mean this this whole thing even carries over into my love of comics but I'll get into that into a second um I'll go I'll, we'll get back to the the, the video store thing because I think there's a there's a very important thing there that while I love streaming it definitely started what I call Veruca salt syndrome which if if anybody here has seen the the 70s 
Willy Wonka, you know, her whole song about I want it now. And that's become the culture as far as consuming most content anymore. I mean, you know, everything streams and everything, you know, you can, you get something, you know, like most shows now, other than the ones that start on television and then later go to your streaming services, you can, you know, you can watch them right away. A whole season, which don't get wrong, binge watching a season is awesome. But at the same time, it's, it, it kind of feels weird to me. I mean, like, yeah, I do it. But I also try to pace myself on I try not to burn through something too quickly. I mean, given there's there's been several occasions where I couldn't couldn't hold it back. But I mean, I, I guess there are some modern streaming services that are that are adapting to back to the, you know, like one episode a week, like Disney Plus and their Marvel shows. I give them credit for, or, and Star Wars shows, I give them credit for going back to the, hey, once a week we're going to drop an episode. And yeah, so it feels more of an event given I, uh, as much as I hate the, I want it now, the Veruca Salt Syndrome, I'm very guilty of it now. Cause I do, you know, I'm so used to it now that like, I will wait till all those shows wrap up and then I'll just watch them, you know, back to back to back if I want to. Um, part of that's because of, you know, I work a lot and part of that's because, you know, (laughs) the cliffhanger sucks anymore. (laughs) Um, now the only time you really get the cliffhanger is in, you know, end of a season, season finales. Uh, but yeah, so the, the, I, I really feel like, you know, as much as, I've grown grown accustomed to the modern way of things. I kind of feel like it, it's taking something away, um, and with that, it you know it does you know it does take away. I don't know it it, it just to me it takes away from the 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 social aspect of things. It takes away from you know, I just feel like it's a. I feel it's a cultural loss. I feel like there's something to those, you know, those stores, those brick and mortar stores that now that they're gone, they're, it, it, it's missing. You know, like now I drive by where those Hollywood videos used to be. And some of them are now like T-Mobile stores or something along those lines. And it's just for the longest time, it was so weird to see them that or like how many of them stayed vacant for a while, man, that was weird to see at first. Um, but, you know, and, and I remember going to the video stores as, you know, like it was clear that they were starting to close down. You know, you'd have your your sales and I was, I bought a bunch of movies out of those sales. Um, of course, they were DVDs, you know, at that time. I Blu-ray didn't come out till after most of them were closed, I'm pretty sure. As you can tell from the inflection of my voice, I'm not really 100% sure on that one. Um, but... Yeah, that was that was a thing. I mean, it was it was an it was an experience that is now gone. You know, you don't no kids growing up now can get that experience anymore. So yeah, now it's you go to, you know, you want to you want to see a movie, you go to a red box and hope it's there, I guess. And you have it for one night. Um or you just buy the movie and take a chance that it's a stinker. Um, 
which don't get me wrong, I saw lots of stinkers in my time going to video stores, but I never felt like even, even if I got a horrible movie, I never felt bad about the fact that at least I had that experience of talking with somebody when I was checking out or, you know, you know, it was just, yeah. And now, you know, that, that kind of carries over now to, um, you know, the other industries that are, are really to me going the same, you know, going the same way. Like I've already mentioned video game stores. I mean, now you've only got what game stops. I mean, you've got some mom and pops ones around here that I don't really go into a lot because most of them are people who are a little high on themselves. So they, they overcharge for a lot of the older stuff. Um, like if you're trying to get a hold of a game, they, I think they overcharge more often than not. Um, but you know, like comic shops are the one that that I fear for the most. I mean, uh, as as much as I, I I like the video game stores, you know, but GameStop's the only one that's really still standing of the bigger bigger names. And it's I don't know. I I feel like it's even GameStop has become way more about the the memorabilia than it has the video games. I mean, you go in there, you got your Funko Pops, which don't get me wrong. I collect Funko Pops, so I go in there to look at Funko Pops every now and then. But then you got like action figures, and uh, yeah, you just got all these collectibles. So it's like it's not really only a video game store now, which is is cool, but it's not the same. Um, so now on top of them ripping you off with the game, the prices they charge for an a used game that should probably have been dropped down to 20 bucks a long time ago, but they're still charging 50, 40 to 50 for the used copy. You know, you're also seeing, you know, a huge chunk of the store taken up by collectibles that most of them probably, you know, I, I don't know. I've never, you know, I, I haven't done the research, haven't talked to anybody about this, but it seems to me most of those things probably don't go anywhere. Um, but, you know, yeah, then I'll, I'll get back to comic shops now. I mean, like, you know, I, I love the local comic shop. Um, you know, I, I worked there, volunteered there for a while for in-store credit, and I ended up getting a good chunk of my uh, my uh, Thor run that I've got right now because of that. I mean, he just happened to get in a run of a large chunk of the, you know, the volume, the first volume of Thor. So I think I've got like some of the later journey into mysteries all the way up until, you know, was it been the mighty Thor back in the day, all the way up until like mighty Thor, you know, two or 300 and something. And, you know, I, I, I still go in there. I don't get as much from there as I used to, you know, one cause of COVID and two, because there's just, you know, eh, there's not a whole lot of books that that I need to get. Plus I had some stuff happen at points where I just, I had to cut back on the amount of books I was getting. So I think now I don't, you know, I only get my Thor books. And then of course, uh, Walt Simonson, who's extremely known for Thor. He, he has his own like kind of spinoff of Thor, but not the Marvel Thor. He does a Ragnarok book, which is awesome to see his art again. And the, the story's pretty cool, too. You know, you got Undead Thor. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you go into the, the, I go into the comic shop every now and then, and it's, it seems like as 
successful as he, the the owner tries to make it seem, I gotta wonder if it's if they're not struggling a little bit. I mean, because now you even got digital comics, and I hate to say it, but you know, I don't think they're gonna be able to compete for long, especially when the comic creators decide to, or the the comic studios, you know, Marvel and DC and them decide that they're not going to charge full price for a digital comic. So you can get a digital comic for way less money because they don't have the printing cost. And nobody's going to want to go into a store anymore. Um, and I know like I'm, I'm a rare, rare breed that you know, I love the, the tactile feeling. Like I love to read a physical comic, even if I just buy a trade, I I like to have that in my hand. I like to physically read a book. I don't want to read it on a Kindle. Um, you know, it's, there's that feeling to me. And when comics start going, you know, like they really start embracing the fact that, you know, you don't have the, the cost for paper, you know, the printing costs anymore. So they start really pushing the digital comics at a lower price. I think that's going to, I think that's going to hurt to start really hurting the comic comic shops. I mean, I already think comic shops are kind of in a a tougher place. I mean, you do have some of the, you know, you do have some uh some shops that are owned by, you know, like they're they're multi-state, but I mean like the one I go to it's it's just a little downtown Vancouver downtown comic shop. I mean, they're it's it's owned locally. It's not it's not part of some bigger company, and he, I mean, yeah, they're they're doing real good for themselves. I mean, he 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 moved spots, and then he eventually bought a you know bought a shop next to the one he he was already in, and he expanded into that one. So now he has more room for all of his stuff, and it's a cool shop. I mean, you, you got plenty of you know. Once again, though, it's not only comics now, but then again, everything does kind of seem like it fits better than like you know going in and seeing collectibles in a a video game store. You know, you go into a comic shop; it's kind of cool to see the you know the the boat the the statues that he's gotten a hold of. Which I mean, there's I've I fucked the hell out of. He had a he has a Freddy Krueger and a, a Jason Voorhees statues that are. Way more than I'd want to spend, but God, those things are awesome, and I'd love to get a hold of them. But you know, you you got the statues everywhere. You've got you know action figures from those comic lines. Um, I bought my Alien movie poster from him, um, the original Alien, which you know I saw that and I knew that had to I had to make that mine. I mean, that was that's one of my favorite movies. So, um. Yeah, so, you know, I got that from him. And then I've also, like, through the time of working there, you know, I got a lot of other stuff. I mean, he knew my love of Thor, so he got these, like, I think it's like a nine-foot banner, um, canvas banner, with one of my, my favorite, like, contemporary, or uh, not contemporary, was a uh, current artist's uh, Olivier Coipel. He does an amazing Thor, and it's this whole wall banner is nothing but the giant Asgardian universe drawn by him, and it is beautiful. Still don't have a place to put it, but you know I got that for free because I worked at the shop, and you know he he knew I liked Thor, and so he saved one of them for me. I mean, by all rights, he could have he could have probably charged me up the yin yang for that thing because that thing is a that thing is beautiful and worth 
probably worth a decent amount of money. Um, on top of many other posters I got from him, you know, or when he'd get, you know, I remember when he'd get certain things in, he, you know, he would, he'd message me or he'd wait till I was in there before he'd put it up for anybody else to get a hold of. And that, that got me some other stuff. I mean, like mostly with the, the Thor stuff and the, er, like the journey into mystery stuff, which I could rarely afford the journey into mystery Thor stuff because that's, you know, since that's where he started, that's, you know, that's where Thor began. I mean, that's, they, you get into the earlier journey into mystery stuff, it gets really expensive on the pocketbook because that's where you get, you know, your first appearances of Odin, first appearances of Loki. Um, I want to say Hela first appeared in early, early journey into mystery stuff, the, the journey into mystery parts of Thor's legacy, but, um, kind of getting off the topic there, talking about my Thor stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's how long can he really be doing good though when, you know, the, the market's almost stacked against him. Um, you know, digital is, is really hurting that, that is really going to end up hurting. I feel the, the brick and mortar comic shop and that'll be another loss to me. I mean, if you don't have that, that's another, that's another amount of things that aren't going to, you know, that kids won't ever experience. And who knows, maybe you're somebody who's listening to this and you'd have no clue what I'm talking about. And if that's the case, ask your parents. The chances are they know. Um, like, I mean, I think, like, my nieces and nephews are, like, barely even remember. Most of my nieces and nephews, I should say, barely remember, if they remember all the video stores. Um, you know, I mean, music stores are going, too. And, you know, like, I love, I love music. And, I mean, given... Most albums right now to me aren't worth buying physically anymore just because I don't feel like people write for an album anymore. They write the singles and then just kind of, you know, produce an album and with a bunch of extra songs with the rare few. Like, you know, like I'll still buy every Slipknot album physical when it comes out because, you know, Slipknot, I, I've never been disappointed by one of their albums. They have albums that aren't as strong as the other ones, sure, but. They'll never, they have never, they haven't put out an album that I've thought was complete trash. Them and Seven Dust. I mean, I don't own every Seven Dust album physically, but, you know, they're, they're another band that I feel, you know, they, they put out good music, but, you know, you go into a, um, a music shop, which I mean, now is only what, uh, not Suncoast. They own Suncoast. God dang it. Anyways, I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head. But, you know, at our local mall, we have the music slash movie store. Um, and it's it's not a great experience. I mean, one, I feel like, you know, most of the people that work there don't really care to help um, with rare rare exceptions. But, I mean, yeah, you go, I go in there and it seems like they ask me if there's anything I'm looking for. And the second I say no they disappear. Um, you know, so it's just, it's, so I guess I, to some extent, I probably wouldn't be too, too butthurt if that, that store disappeared. Um, 
I mean, the only thing I really go in there for anymore is Funko Pops anyways, because they have a wall of them. But, you know, yeah, that's that's kind of my feelings on, on how this, you know, where movie stores have gone and how I feel that the rental store was an integral part of my childhood. And I think it was probably, I, I, I imagine there's got to be other people that rental stores being gone is a major loss to them. And they probably feel the same way I do about this. I don't know for sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there are other people. And I think it would be great if one day for nostalgia fact, like, you know, somebody brought that kind of thing back if it was ever feasible again. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of, that's what I got today. You know, it's, I've rambled for, for a good amount of time on, you know, on a thing that by all rights, you listening may completely not care about, but hopefully my passion for it, you know, at least comes through and you can, you know, you, you get a little enjoyment out of that or, Maybe you're laughing at me because you think I'm, you know, I, I might as well be that old guy yelling at the kids to get off his lawn because I, I want that old, I, I miss that old time feel to that kind of thing. But I guess that's, you know, that's just my opinion and there it is. So I guess I'll wrap it up here. So before I go, I will, I will remind you that if you want to write in, uh, you can write me at Oh, good Lord. Standstrongcast at gmail.com. And that's for if you have questions, uh, topics you'd like to hear me talk about, or just opinion, you know, like, you know, write in and tell me what you think about, you know, my feelings on not having the physical stores anymore for the most part. Um, and I welcome that. Uh, with that, I'm going to also say thank you to once again, to spider at five star tattoo for my cover art um i will probably thank him every show because i love what he did for me you know and i i now have that same image hanging above my above my desk where i record um and i'm also gonna thank michelle and tony for you know still supporting me i mean you know yeah tony listened to my first episode and he of course had to give me shit because that's that's how our relationship works but you know it's you know he he also gave me some great advice so you know and and michelle listening to it, michelle listened to it and gave me some advice on what she thought too and that was that was great to me i mean they've been really supportive of of me doing this and getting myself out there so that's it. So I guess I'll just say ta-ta for now. And I will, uh, I will see, you know, see you on my next episode. Have a good one.